0: Hi everyone, and welcome to a new episode of New Product Innovation. I'm Abdel Abdelgani, Product Innovation Expert, Podcaster, and PDMA Egypt Chapter Leader. Welcome everyone to a new episode of New Product Innovation. Today we have a dear guest, uh, Andrea Bergamini, the Category Director for the Wellbeing Product Line for Electrolux Europe. Andrea, welcome to the new episode of New Proc Innovation. This is the first time we're hosting these uh, episodes in English, so I w- I'm very much uh, happy and excited to
1: record the first episode with you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Saif. It's uh, it's really an honor for me to be part of it. Um, I'm really excited, and uh, also the topic is really excited, so looking really forward to to this uh, time together.
0: Thanks, Andrea. So. We are discussing more about new product innovations, and one of the key things we have been seeing so far across the last few years is that there are lots of key pitfalls that endanger product innovation. And if you wanted to summarize more into five or six points, what are the five to six key pitfalls that endanger product innovation to support also our listeners to understand how can they take care of these points and make sure that this doesn't happen during the regular innovation development projects they're running?
1: Yeah, I, I think this is really interesting. Uh, as you said, recently we have seen that, especially in the latest uh, times in the we're living in, that's really important to have a very clear and uh, and uh, a sleek product innovation process. And of course, there are some some hiccups that can happen during uh, during the process and during for for, for the projects. And uh, um, based on the experience I had so far, uh, let's say what what I can think. Um, especially in the start, I would say that the moment we do we do a brief, the moment we do we start the project, even before the starting of the project, I think it's really important to have in mind why we are doing that. Um, so to me, the first uh, pitfall is clearly not starting uh, from the consumer, but maybe starting from internal needs. So you always need to have the consumer in mind, uh, because at the end of the day, that what this is what will make or break. Your project and your whole process of delivering that project that you're after.
0: Um, that's, a, that's a key, key, key important point. But h- how would you say that looking at more of the consumer, that this is something we can start with?
1: And uh, yeah, here I think it's really important to listen to our consumers. And uh, actually, you know, the, the, the most important thing sometimes is remember that we are also consumers. So depending on, on the project you're on, uh, whether it's a product or a, or a service or, or a software, you really need to think with the eyes on the consumer in mind. And um, we, we want to know, or let's say we know as, a, as, a, as managers, as, as a company, depending on the strategy we're after, we want to know what kind of consumer experience we want to deliver. Um, hence, that's where we want to start. Uh, the way to do it it's, it's sometimes it's just listening, listening to our consumers, uh, using the marketing resources we have, use the consumer research we have and maybe conducting focus group, really try to understand what is the consumer trying to, to, to solve with your product or your service. Uh, why are they hiring you or your product to solve their issues or to, to make their life better? That's, that's kind of the guiding light that should be always be there under every project we, uh, we start.
0: So we can say it's more about seeing what are the pains that the consumers are having and trying to reflect that. So to solve that kind of consumer pain points, what the consumer is trying to achieve and trying to have that as the center point before we start even thinking about developing a new product because it all starts with the consumer at the end of the day.
1: Yes, yes, it all starts with the consumer and it all starts on how great you make, can make the consumer experience. I mean, you as a as a as a company, you have a target in mind. You know what what is your role in the in the competitive environment and what is what is the the positive feeling you want to associate uh, yourself with the consumers. And hence the question is always how is this project, this product or service making me closer to where where I want to be, to the company or the or the project or the product that I want to be. Um, to me, this is key. And and you know, if you don't have that at the beginning of each project that you are doing, I really see difficulties in in making it successful. To be honest, uh, because it becomes some sort of technical gap filling, which maybe it's not relevant for the consumer. It may be relevant for some internal policies somehow, uh, and then at the end it will not it will not fly.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's more about finding a problem to solve rather than having a solution and finding a problem for that solution to work on.
1: Yeah, exactly. And also make the experience better. You know, sometimes it's not It's not all, only about the problem. Um, maybe it's just about making making um, some process of your daily life uh, better and more enjoyable. Uh, maybe it's, uh, it's not about solving problems, but, uh, but how can you make... the life of our consumers better. Um, That's that's, uh, another angle to look at, maybe. Exactly, exactly. So if we move from that kind
0: of consumer centricity point
1: as one of the key
0: pitfalls that starts with the projects and the development, how does that flow into the process of the product development until the launch? What would be the second key pitfall that product managers and product innovator experts have to take care of, not to do, in order to make sure that their product innovation streamline is working effectively?
1: Yeah, and you know I, I, in here I really believe that your project, your product uh, will be as good as the time you spent in aligning on the requirements before. Uh, to me, that's another key point. So the moment you have understood why your consumers, what, what is it your consumers are looking for and, and how you think you can um, uh, improve your consumer's life, the second step is clearly to bring this into the project brief. So it, it's Clear requirements, um, clear uh, moments, and definitions of what the consumer wants, and clear alignment with the whole project team. This is like, this is very important. Unfortunately, I have to say that sometimes I've seen that this moment, despite it's very key, is not taken with the right uh, with the right attention. Uh, sometimes we are we are filled with procedures and. Uh, uh checkpoints uh, or milestones we need to tick, but we don't give enough attention on how important the preparation phase is um i i can think about watering a tree you, know, uh, you 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 plant the tree and the more time you spend about you know where am i planting it what am i going to do with this tree once it's grown uh, what is the purpose does it have to give shadow does it have to give fruit is it just for uh for design or the more you spend there and you start the planting the tree and then your tree grows. So in the beginning, it's very small, so it's still easy to adjust. But once it's it's a big one, then there's not much you can do. Um, so it's really important to focus on the beginning of the requirements and align with the whole project team on what are we here to do.
0: Well, that's, that's, that's very, very clear. I think this is the very key point that if the requirements are not really clear from the beginning, then questions and doubts and assumptions also get started from different stakeholders, which would lead to massive changes across the way to bring the project or the product to the key vision that was started with, but was not clearly communicated or wasn't thought through enough. I think this is yeah. this is a, a very key point. So and we here. start, yeah.
1: Yeah, so sorry, uh, but but here I think it's uh, if you are the project responsible, or let's say the the, the person driving the, the 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 project team. Here, it's it's really important that you ask the right questions. Or I mean, they don't need necessarily need to be the right ones, but just ask questions. I mean, um, make sure everyone is aligned. Uh, read the room. Uh, I've seen many times that people, you know, especially now that we work mix uh, remotely, it's easy for people not to ask questions or maybe not to turn on the camera when you are on, on, on a meeting or maybe be silent. Or, so it's, it's more difficult to read the room because you miss these uh, this, this connections that you see in people's faces and the way they move if they haven't understood something. So you as a project leader, or let's say a part of the of the steering organization of or the project, you need to ask the right questions all the time. Make sure that everyone is aligned. Um, read the room. Uh, keep the interest in high because that's something that you know you have few meetings and few moments of alignment on the requirements. And if you miss those key points, then the ball starts rolling. And we all know that we all work in this in this in this environment. We all know how difficult it is to change the direction of this ball once once we start moving the organization towards something.
0: That's that's very, very clear. I I think this is a very key point. And the problem is that when mistakes happen in that area, it becomes quite uh, costly from resources, from money perspective, even to change anything going forward. I, I fully agree with you on this one. So we started with the consumer centricity, enhancing the experience and making sure that the consumer is at the center of the thinking at the beginning. And then it becomes moving to a very clear requirements to deliver that kind of experience. But then what happens? What's yeah. the gonna, gonna be the next keep it that happens in the innovation steam line?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I'm laughing because uh, I, I can I can definitely relate. I mean, even though you you spend a lot of time aligning uh, aligning, you know your consumers very well. Uh, you've done your homework. Uh, I mean, and then we kind of all face the moment of the cost, right? So. Uh, we have something in mind. We as product managers or, or category managers, uh, we really understand what we want for our consumers, and then we kind of link it to the real world, and, and we have the cost. Um, and another key point to me is really to take the hard discussions on the cost well um, well in advance in the process. Um, cost definition it is it will be really important for you and the cost of your products will impact how successful the product is um it doesn't necessarily need to be a low cost uh, rest assured but it has to be the right cost um, so to me it's really important also to start early in the process in aligning on what are the expectations on the cost of a project and uh, Um, avoid easy optimism. Now, sometimes we've always been in those meetings where like, oh, we can do this for our consumers. And and on the other side, yeah, yeah, of course, we will find the solution with the supplier, we will find a better process, but then we don't have plans behind. And then the reality kicks in, and you need to make changes along the way, which are always a bit tricky to do, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I fully agree with you. I think being very much optimistic at the start and just wanting to kick off without clear understanding of the risks and clear understanding of the situation we're in gets think people very excited that you start with a certain optimism with a cost level and certain profitability and end up before the launch with a massive issue that this was not aligned and the resources were not allocated enough to work on the things that should have delivered that kind of expectation from the start.
1: or the start actually was not really realistic. Yeah, and and actually, once uh, once you are in this situation, when the cost is in, and once the cost has gone up, or let's say it's gone in a different direction versus what you thought, then we all know it's very difficult to make it, uh, to change it, because as we said before, the ball is, is rolling and the organization is rolling. So once everything is, is moving already, it's difficult to stop and reassess. Um, and, and since this can, can most likely not happen, uh, you are left with the, either to cancel the project and start all, all over again, which, of course, it's not desirable, uh, or you need to start compromising. Either you compromise on, on the profit for your organization or you compromise on the consumer experience. and. To be fair, in both in both cases, this leads to a failure. Either you will have a non-satisfying project from a financial point of view, or you will not meet your consumer expectations, hence it will not be a successful project uh, once it's once it hits the market. So this is really, I mean, this is super key that, that you align beforehand. But also I would say keep a reiteration with your project team, keep it agile. I mean um, make, uh, uh, be best friend with your controllers, best friend with your R&D uh, team, so that you're always there when something is not going in the right direction, so you can always have the right time to steer and align before it really hits uh, the project itself, and it becomes a problem that it's difficult to overcome.
0: I fully agree with you, and this, this goes back again to the, the clear requirements part, because I think If we know that this is something that is not achievable, then we have to work again on the requirements to make sure that we are not either over-complicating things and over-adding things that may not actually deliver more on the experience part, and we're just adding ad hooks, or we are actually underestimating our own requirements, and maybe we need to go back again to the drawing board. So I think keeping the agile part, as you mentioned, is, is critical because... At that stage during the project, when it's that early, it's easy to do some changes and iterations. But once in in this kind of heavy, in some of the indices that are heavy indices, including machinery and tools worth of millions of dollars, if these things are not clear before we start investing and creating the tools and the machinery, it will become massively costly to to change over and then becomes uh, not just a failure in terms of profitability, but also a failed investment.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then, uh, and then you will end up having something which is not either good for the company or good for the consumers, which which are both equally bad, I would say.
0: No, you're 100% right. I think also in these kind of conditions where costs are going up in crazy ways because of the changes and the economic situation, also this, this becomes key and very critical when developing any new product.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So so we moved from the start of the consumer centricity, then to the clear requirements, then understanding the cost level that would deliver this kind of experience to the consumer, and making sure that this is key planning part. Then what comes afterwards?
1: I'm very related to the cost. It's. uh, I think I mean the other side of the cost is quality, right? So. Quality has a has a cost in the sense that nowadays, I mean, no one is really willing to accept poor quality, or or there is this kind of expectations that once a project or a, or a, or a program or a software or a service is delivered, consumers expect already it having a very high level of quality. Um, we see, I mean, it's not news anymore, but of course, during the last uh, ten to fifteen years. The, 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 the power shifted a lot to the consumer. So they are able to tell already from the very beginning of, of a new product introduction if that product worth their money and their time and their attention or it doesn't. So quality it, become, it becomes super relevant. I mean, it's something that has to be there all the time and it can really make or break uh, your project. Uh, and And you cannot allow that, obviously, especially if you don't have the right... Um, assessment moments, I would say.
0: Now, this is this is very very key point here. Also, it's not just from from even the execution level as we go during the project phase, but even early at the start. If if the organization and the team who's doing the project is not doing, as you mentioned, the right assessment from the start, ensuring that all the learnings that happened before is introduced into this kind of assessment in order not to repeat even the, uh, the, the mistakes that happened before. I think this is also something that in organizations that are hugely massive and working in different continents, in different Brock lines, having that kind of harmony of knowledge transfer is, is quite critical.
1: Absolutely. And, and I would say, you know, this, this is very, I think this is very key because, uh, it, it of course applies to big uh, companies, big corporations that that have tons or and, and you know hundreds of thousands of examples, but it does apply also to the small companies. I would say even if you're a startup. I mean, the the world we live in now it's a world of almost open information. I would say in in majority of the of the parts of the world, which means that you can access a set of failure, a set of success cases. From other uh, other industries and other companies, and you should learn from them. Um, now I'm thinking uh, I will not, of course, mention any brand, but um, there are so, we we know I think some examples of uh, software or services that the moment they hit the market, they didn't have a high level of quality, and we I think every one of us can mention at least one or two. And you know this is to me it's very clear because if you make it wrong then consumers and organizations will remember that. I mean, the market will know if you have a poor quality process in some way or another. An equally uh, dangerous threat is that you come almost to the ending of your your project um, uh, lifetime, and at the very end, you have quality gates, and then something wrong happens. This is like, uh, I would say, really dangerous for a company, because the moment, the more you uh, come very close to the launch, the more also the external world knows more about the fact that you're launching. Of course, if you're a big company, it's maybe a worldwide uh, uh, knowledge. If you're a small one, it's maybe more local. But still, your relevant stakeholders know that something is going to happen. And if you need to postpone that due to a quality issue, they will also know the market will know that you had a problem at the very end. And this is probably exactly, exactly uh, as dangerous as releasing a product with a quality issue from the beginning. So quality is something that needs to be assessed very strongly at the beginning, but also you need to have um, constant risk assessment and quality gates to make sure you avoid surprises. Then, I mean, we are managers, which means that we have to manage if something goes wrong because uh, you know it's it's always unpredictable, obviously. But the more you can plan, and the more you can make it happen in a structured way, um, the less unpredictable it will become.
0: Yeah, I fully agree with you. I think I think one of the key takeaways from 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 this point from your side as well is that we cannot assume anything, right? At the end of the day. As you mentioned, there has to be a constant quality gates going forward from the start, making that kind of assessment and not just ticking the boxes that this is okay, this is okay, but thinking clearly what we want to deliver and what are the risks that are go- that may actually compromise that delivery.
1: Yeah, and and actually the moment you know, and this goes back, we go back to always we go back to the consumer, we go back to the to the initial briefing. I mean, you kind of need to have that sort of 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 list of things that can go wrong and how bad they can affect your your success and if something goes wrong what is your plan to succeed to to overcome that so that you can succeed at the end so you it, it's it's vital to have a you know a kind of razor sharp attention to details and trying as much as possible to evaluate all the possibilities that can come and create contingency plans i think that's also something that that we, we all should be able to do. If you want really to have a good uh, a good project in the end, nothing happens by chance. Um, it, it's always something that either you didn't plan correctly, or you just made a, a bad plan, <laughs> or you didn't plan at all.
0: No, exactly. I think all the points we've discussed so far is, is emphasizing that the planning phase, as much as tedious sometimes, time-consuming, and takes lots of effort, it's key important because if this is done right, then the rest of the execution will go smoothly. There can be some hiccups in the end of the way, but if that part is done effectively correct and all these kind of issues and pitfalls is taken into consideration, you will have on a regular basis a more smooth process when it comes to the development and the launch itself.
1: Yes, and and you will always have a guiding start to go back to. So the, the more you you are close to your consumers, you have clear in mind what you are why you are doing that project or that product or service, and you are able to transfer it in the in the um, in the requirement phase, you will always know what it is that you want to achieve at the very end. And this will guide you in the toughest decision. I mean if you have a decision on quality, a decision on cost you will, you will always remember what is the reason you are doing that project, and that's the one that should drive you in making the decision across, uh, across the whole process.
0: I fully agree with you, Andrea. I think one of the, the key points here is that sometimes when you go and ask some, some of the product managers in, in different industries, why are you doing this project? Sometimes the answer is only more on the financial part, but the financial result will come at the end of the day if we have the right reasons why we're doing this, it's not just because of the growth, but because of the experience we're giving the consumer, the benefit we're adding there. And as you mentioned, this is where everything has to start. If that start is defined clearly, that these are the benefits we want to deliver, these are the requirements we need for the product, this will be a key successful launch that will deliver the financials at the end of the day. But if it always starts with the financial part only, and the, the consumer comes second, then it becomes a problem, and then you don't know what are you going to compromise on. Because no, exactly. you don't have clarity on the requirements for it.
1: Exactly. At the end of the day, it's more and more a choice. No, consumers' choice, uh, they choose to be, to, to, to be with you as a company. So uh, you need to give them the right choice. Uh, there is plenty of competition, though there are plenty of alternatives. So it's, it's, it's really a decision from a consumer to be with you and you need to make it clear, and it has to be clear throughout the process. So at the end of the day, if you have a strong consumer foundation and a strong plan that has to be backed up with some financial, obviously, then your financial will kind of be delivered.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: So we
0: moved from the start, consumer centricity, requirements, costs, risk assessment, and then the development starts and we come before the launch. So if we're talking mainly about the launch phase, because this is, a, this is a key also item that usually product managers sometimes miss how the launch can be. So you can have a very good product, but when you go to the launch, lots of things can go wrong. So the product can be quite good, but the planning of the launch itself may get messed up that it leads to a failed launch and a failed execution in the market. So if we're talking mainly about the launch part, what would be the key points?
1: Sure. Yeah, definitely. The launch is uh, is another make or break moment, and uh, you can have the strongest uh, plans and you can have the strongest uh, planning to, throughout the process. But then the execution, it's always in the detail, and it's always a big part of your success. Um, here, I I have I have learned uh, let's, uh, let's say during the years that it's very important to to value your time, and what I mean is doesn't matter if a project is big or small you need to pay attention to it in the same way I mean every project has to be treated with the attention that it requires I mean you, you spend time on it you have you have invested your company and your personal resources in it so um, it, it's something that you need to pay attention you need to transmit this enthusiasm um, behind every project you do um, and and you know it it's one thing is the pride that we as product managers have behind the project we we deliver, but another thing is how good we are in transmitting this to the organization and how we how good we are in driving it to the market. So treat it as 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 unique, even if it's a small one, because you know at the end of the day, success is built by the big launches, by the big projects, but also with the small ones, that day by day kind of need to sell your story, the story of your company, and, and why you are there for the consumer to make their, their life better. So full attention on also on the small ones. Those are as critical and as relevant as the big ones.
0: I fully agree with you. I think at the end of the day, uh, it's, like, how to say, it's like domino effect, right? You can have yeah. big splashes or big falls, which comes from the big launches you're doing, but also having these small launches or small executions, incremental ones, if they're done in the correct way, they will become maybe like a domino effect that will actually generate, maybe in some cases, more effect and better effect than just one big launch. So it's not just about having big projects, small project. There has to be consistency also in the execution part.
1: You're absolutely right. And you said the right word. I mean, consistency, it's clearly um it's really the key i mean consistency in how you treat your 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 projects how you treat your portfolio is is very key and um actually i I was thinking about another thing that the the, the more we do projects and the more we um we we, let's say provide to the market with new alternatives and new offers and new services and products our portfolio um goes uh, i mean increases obviously um and and it, it kind of needs to make sense. So the moment you are delivering a new project, you're bringing a new project to the market, you always have in mind, how is your portfolio looking like? How am I changing? You cannot add products and services to the infinite, right? It will become too much at a certain point. So you always need in mind need to have in mind, I'm adding something now to the market, but what am I taking out? What am I substituting um, this, this project with? I mean, what is going in phase out, or what is going out of the market? Because this new thing is coming in, and um, I can tell you, I mean, for 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 a project manager, product manager, that's the hardest part because we kind of all feel an emotional attachment to our projects because we, we spend time on them, and and you know, we it's part of our uh, of our cre- creative uh, uh, effort. So ideally, we, we, we would not like to remove everything from the market, but we kind of need to do that because we need to keep in mind the portfolio. Um, and you know, I like, I like the idea of you, know, you need to kind of kill your heroes, so to speak, if you want to create new ones. Uh, you cannot keep living in the past. So always have your portfolio under control and know what are you adding and what are you taking back, because it always needs to make sense.
0: No, it's, it's, very, it's very good. I, I think, as, as you mentioned, there are two points to link here as well, that you cannot treat the project just phase in, phase out. It has to be building, as you mentioned, the excitement part and the enthusiasm. But I think also when we look at the different organizations and the different proc line, different industries, and also we look at the team executing on the ground, sometimes, as you mentioned, they get more attached to the existing products because they're doing so good in the market. And we always have the fear of change. So what if the new product doesn't sell as much good? What if it becomes more difficult for me? So as you mentioned, building the excitement, the enthusiasm of the organization and having that alignment with the team that having something new is also good because we're enhancing the experience. We're living more on the consumer requirements would make this kind of transition and killing the heroes that you currently have and having a life cycle is 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 easier for the team as well.
1: Yeah, and enthusiasm here. You, you mentioned enthusiasm is is the key. Um, as you said, I mean, if we, if we get then go in the last uh, part of of the funnel. So if we go then to to sales or how you, this project is close to consumers, then we kind of need to pass the fact the the, the feeling that um, the new one is coming to replace the old one, and it's for the better. So even though. The whole product or service have been selling super well, and it has been really successful. But hey, look at what we've done. We have understood even better the consumer. We have made a super uh, clear project requirement list. We kept the, ca- the cost under control, and we delivered the best quality. So the next uh, product that I'm bringing to the market is going to be even better than the one you're replacing it with. Hence, if the, the first one was really successful for consumers, the next one would be even more. This kind of enthusiasm is what needs to be coming from the project team until the, the, the execution team so that it really it really delivers the success. So it really starts from the beginning, and you need to keep the, the hype high all the way so that everyone is waiting for the new project to come because they cannot wait for the start where they can start really... Uh, giving it to consumers and interacting with it on the market.
0: I fully agree with you. So that's in terms of the launch part. And usually when we see any new product launching in the market, it's always about, so why would the consumers choose my products? There are so lots of elements, right? The requirements, having, having key features and benefits with the consumer. But I think always what the team in terms of launching organization is always doing is what
1: value would the consumer put on the product right, right?
0: and how does that how does that translate
1: yeah this is a this is a key point i mean understanding and one of the most difficult ones right i mean uh, because i would say in the past or even even now sometimes but uh, but uh, thankfully less and less we were used to the cost-based pricing, you no? Know? So we have a certain cost of a product, we add our margin, then that's the price it, the product goes to the market. But this has nothing to do with the consumer. I mean, you don't know if this price is what the consumer is willing to pay. Maybe you are, you are, you are charging too much. I mean, maybe consumers are not giving that value uh, to your product, or, or, or on the other hand, you could have spend your resources on something else that it's much more valuable for the consumer. Um, hence, we need to to shift. We need to shift the way of looking at our cost structure from a cost base to a value base. Um, What is the consumer looking for? What is the job that they are are looking to solve? Hence, what are they valuing the most? Where should I spend my money from from a, a company perspective in research and development to really hit when the consumer... Um, what the consumer matters the most. This is the shift we need to do, uh, because it will guide us also on what to uh, focus our resources on. I think.
0: Yeah, I think it's a, it's, it's quite clear as you mentioned. It's it's the it's value. It's a value based. So, what is the value equation here? Uh, consumers always expect that they want to maximize the value they're getting versus the money they are paying, and. As long as they see that the value is worth at least more than what they're paying, they will happily pay it at the end of the day. It's a high cost or or high pricing or low pricing, because for them it's not just about the price tag, but what I'm gaining out of it. And I think even now, with with these kind of economic conditions worsening day by day and day out, having that value equation into, into the mindset of the team even from the start. What is the value we're gonna deliver is gonna help, as you mentioned, taking the tough decisions. What do we cut? What do we keep?
1: Yeah, and also because, uh, and I always refer to, to 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 something that I remember, my one old manager of mine told me: if you're not able to explain uh, your values to the consumer, then the price goes down. I mean. If it takes too much time, if it's not clear immediately for the consumer why they should give attention and and spend the resources on you, then it becomes a matter of, of taking the price down. So you're almost begging your consumers to to, to take your, your products. And that's not something we want to do. We, we want to be excited. We want to be exciting for our consumer as well. So uh, you always go back to the first question. What is the consumer looking for? How can I deliver it better? Then We're not talking anymore about the cost because the moment you really hit the bullseye of the consumer need, then it's all about the value that you can deliver. It doesn't matter how much it costs. We've seen it in many examples uh, during the past years in in the tech industry, for example. Uh, It doesn't matter how much a phone costs to a certain extent, as long as they can really deliver on the consumer expectations and the consumer job that they're willing to, to, to hire the product for. Um, then the price kind of comes second. It's really a mindset switch. Um, We need to, many times, um, we start the project with a price in mind, and then we kind of retrofit engineer all the costs to keep the price. We need to switch that. We need to start from what is the value that we want to deliver to consumers. Hence, at the end of the day, what is the price we put to the product? It, it's, it's another way of working, it's another way of thinking, and especially now that companies are going more and more in a direct-to-consumer um, setup, also thanks to technology, but also I would say thanks to, to a different way the whole, the whole organization, human organization works. We really need to ask ourselves, why am I on the market? What am I doing to improve my consumer's life? And then, you know, if you really hit that, the price almost doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, it's it's very clear. I think at the end of the day, uh, what would you, as you mentioned, when you look at the requirements part, if we're adding something onto the product that's actually not delivering value and consumers are not going to be willing to pay for that, it's better really to replace it with something else and that actually saves these costs. But also give give some benefit for the consumer as well. So, in some cases, I think that part of that big big pitfall is that consumers are looking for a certain value, but we're thinking more of adding things that actually may not deliver that kind of value, and the incremental value addition is quite small, but it incurs the product cost significant amount that
1: makes exactly. the business case they quite difficult to absorb. Exactly, exactly. I mean that that that's precisely the point. I mean. Uh, sometimes we, as a, as a, I mean, all the other people working in the product organizations, in the category organization, we become really nerd of our categories, right? So we kind of want always the best performance, the 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 super tiny detail that that gives us this additional zero point zero 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 one in the in the rating that that uh, that would make us proud. But how is this relevant for the consumer at the end of the day? Uh, life is not that that sharp, so of course uh, if if it doesn't bridge the gap toward the consumer willing for your product, then you're, this additional cost it it's, it's worthless for the consumer. and we will never be able to pass it and we will never be able to explain why it worth uh, that cost. So it's really better to focus on something the consumer matter. Deliver on the experience. Be true to yourself, so to, to your company and your to, to your brand uh, uh, attributes, and and really stick to that. And 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 you will be sure, rest assured, that consumers will be happy. You will have a successful launch, and your brand will benefit from that.
0: Yeah, I fully agree with you. So, if we look at the at the discussion we just had now, so we started with six key pitfalls. We started first with the consumer centricity, being able to understand the consumer needs and what's the values we want to deliver, and then making sure that this is translated effectively into a clear brief of requirements, having all the stakeholders aligned, and then understanding on the cost level and being very realistic from the beginning and putting the right actions to reach that alignment part. And then, as you mentioned, the risk part, the quality, making sure that we go Early on, with clear understanding of the quality parts and making sure that this doesn't become an issue at the latest stage before the launch, and then during the launch part, making sure the excitement is there, making sure that we have treat every project launch or product launch with the respect it needs and the clear focus that it's not just a big one or a small one. It's it's at the end of the day, it's a launch that will add more to your brand at the end of the day. And then the last part is regarding more on the value part, so making sure that whatever we're charging for the consumers, that they have to be a understanding that what we're charging is something that they're getting more value for it. So at the end of the day, all of this puts more into the ensuring the experience part and delivering the 10x experience for the consumer at the end of the day to have that kind of successful launch in the market.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's all about really that. Start from your consumer, ask yourself the right question. Is it worth for, for your consumer and for your brand? And uh, how am I solving uh, the consumer issues in the best way? I always have that in mind. Keep it true across the whole project uh, process. Pass this enthusiasm to your team. Uh, it, it's 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 contagious, really. So the more you are able to to pass this over, the more successful it will be, and the more your consumer will reward you, and and the more uh, your brand and your and your project will be successful.
0: I fully agree with you, Andrea. Andrea, at the end of our discussion here today, any, any last words you want to add besides what we discussed?
1: Um, I really I I really enjoyed this. So thanks very much for inviting me, and um, I think this is a very a very interesting uh guide we put together some uh, somehow um and it's really rooted into the consumer uh, i think this is uh this is the most important thing uh thanks again thanks a lot andrea it's always a pleasure to have you here thanks a lot
0: so thank you everyone for listening and talk to you soon again in the next episode thank you hi everyone if you like the episode and would like to follow up on the next episodes please subscribe on apple podcast Google Podcast or Spotify or in any other application you're following up the podcast on. And if you like the episode, please share it. This was Saif Abdel Ghani, product innovation expert, podcaster, and PDMA Egypt chapter leader.